yeah, amen, right? Um, maybe I should just pray and close for the morning. You know, I think in some ways as agriculturally based people, we feel like we kind of have an edge to other people when it comes to a lot of the things taught in the New Testament. That's kind of the culture that Jesus was living in when he lived, and those were the stories that he told and the parables that he, that he gave and the illustrations. And, and it's pretty easy for us to relate to some of those, but, but maybe, maybe the challenge is it's almost too easy and we think we understand it too much or, or, or we become comfortable with it. I mean, have we become comfortable with the God of the universe coming to earth in a stinky stable to a, I don't know, 14, 15-year-old? Think about these things. I mean, things that we're very comfortable with and, and maybe to the point where we sort of lack some wonder this time of year. You know, we try to drum up the wonder for our kids and, and we try to uh, bring the season in with lights and trees and all of that, which I'm not knocking. Those are great things. But how many of us take the time to just sit and wonder this time of year? Why are we celebrating what we celebrate? Why do we do what we do? Are we teaching our kids the reasons behind these things that we do? This video reminds us of of what happened when Jesus was born. He was born, he wasn't born in, in, in a clean little nativity scene that we see throughout uh, our lives each day. Uh, Jesus came to us in a messy way. I mean, we've, I've, I've often said it's an upside down kingdom. And when you think about uh, the kingdom of God, All right, you boys, let's see you do that. <laughs> the competition is on. I mean, let's think about this this morning. As beautiful as new birth is, it was a messy morning. It was a messy day. Uh, if you've had the privilege of being in a birthing room when, when a baby was born, you can probably testify to the miracle of birth. I mean, I, I, the more I think about birth... And, and conception, and, and how that, uh, those, those two cells begin multiplying and become a human being, what kind of a miracle is that? Every time it's a miracle. Every time it's a miracle. And, and then, you know, uh, there are sights, there are sounds, there are smells, there are different sensations that, that, that are described that become a bit messy in a birthing room. After growing in a womb for nine months, there is a cleanup process that must happen after a baby is born. A process that always takes place when a baby makes their arrival on delivery day. But no matter how sanitized and how clean everyone in the room is, that child comes out pretty messy. And, and, and I also want us this morning to think about who got invited to this birth? Who got invited to celebrate this event? Who were the first ones? 
In addition to Joseph and Mary, uh, the shepherds. What a motley crew, right? I mean, if you've ever been around sheep on a regular basis, I, I know that most of the, the, the kids in my classes when I was growing up, because I always did chores on my way to school, I was fed the sheep, jugged the lambs, the new ones that morning on my way to school. I mean, I didn't notice it. I smelled just fine to myself, but <laughs> kind of shed some light on why I was always by myself in the back of the room. <laughs> now that I think about that. No, these, these shepherds, we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. I, I read a, a story in a couple news outlets from Casper this week. Uh, there was a 13-year-old boy who acted quickly and without hesitation when he helped his mother deliver his baby sister last September. According to a release from the Natrona County Sheriff's Office just last Tuesday, dispatch alerted a deputy that a woman was in labor and only her son Luke was at home with her. By the time Deputy Beale arrived, Luke had already helped deliver baby Michaela, who was breached, no less, into the world of Natrona County. Courtney, the mother, was expecting to deliver later that week due to some complications, but little Michaela wasn't waiting on anyone. Uh, the Natrona County Sheriff's Office said Luke was incredibly brave. He stepped up out of intuition to help his mom and baby sister. I'm extremely impressed with how calm and organized he was that night. To bring a sibling into the world is so special, it's truly remarkable. A story that he will have to tell the rest of his life. But, but in my opinion, one that he's going to have to seek some serious counseling over the next <laughs> month or two to get over. I mean, right? As children, we don't even want to know how, how we were conceived, let alone see how we were born or introduce a sibling into the world. If, if one word could be used in that situation, uh, amongst other descriptive words, I think messy is probably one of them. And, and when we think about, in the first century, the shepherds themselves, roughnecks, wrong, they lived on the south side of the tracks. Let's just admit that. They, they, they slept with the sheep, they fed the sheep, they took care of the sheep. They, they, they smelled like sheep, I'm sure. Yet regardless of all of those truths and how messy they were as people, the angels invited them to come to the birthplace of Jesus first, the long-awaited Messiah, the first ones on the scene, uh, other than Joseph and Mary and some animals, were the shepherds. And in those moments in time, there must have been great wonder in the midst of a mess. If the messy shepherds were invited to see the newborn king of Jesus, to me, that sets a precedent, a precedent that, that is true throughout the, throughout the New Testament, as we read, throughout much of the Old Testament, as God chose a people to be a testimony, to, a witness of his to all the other nations. Jesus, whose, whose, um, whose lineage we read in Matthew chapter 1, and we see Gentiles, we see prostitutes, we see messy people in the line of Jesus. Why? Why is this all true? Because he didn't come for one people group. He didn't come for one color of skin. He came for everyone, no matter how messy their lives are. It doesn't matter how messy your life is as you hear this message today. Jesus came for you. And I wonder how much of us actually wonder 
about this. Jesus invites all of us to draw near to him this Christmas. And the reality of the lives of all of those who invited to celebrate the birth of Jesus at that place should bring us to the same place. People's messy lives, a messy place, a messy human kingdom meets the upside-down kingdom of God. What a miracle. What an amazing thing. I am in awe of how God works. In the little details of our lives, every day, we can see his fingerprints and thumbprints. The people that we come into contact with, the conversations that we have when we have courage and we we are bold in the things that we say. How God works to save us, stinky sheep in the muck of life. Thank you, Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, he's speaking of Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Every day is our time of need. Every day our souls need Jesus. In other words, Jesus comes to to invite us to come close to him. And, And when we draw near to him, he steps into our mess and he begins to help us. Even when we get tangled in the sinful mess, He knows where we are. He knows where you are. He knows about our messes. So we just need to trust him. We just need to trust him. We we just need to surrender to him. And again, it causes me to wonder how gracious and loving and just our God is. That, That while we were, and even before we were sinners, Christ died for us. The Apostle Paul writes about this extreme extensively in his letters. In, in his letter to the Romans, he talks about how Jesus came to save us from our mess because he loved us so much. This is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, Someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? You see, Jesus' birth and death and resurrection didn't get rid of the wrath of God. God is still a wrathful God. God still hates sin. God still has rules, but Jesus paid the price for those things. Jesus fulfilled the law on our behalf. He didn't do away with it. This this passage is talking about the big mess that we were in when God came. It was the only way that he could save us from our sin was to offer up a perfect sacrifice. And the only way that a perfect sacrifice could be made is if that perfect sacrifice was divine. (laughs) Because none of us could become that sacrifice. So Jesus Christ comes from heaven to earth. 
was born so that he could one day die in our place on the cross. And, and the ultimate act of love and justice, as I just said, there was justice that had to be served. Jesus took that for you and for me. We should never celebrate Christmas without remembering in the same breath Easter. He made a way back to wholeness for us and, and single-handedly bore our mess once and for all. Eugene Peterson says it this way, when we sin and mess up our lives, we find that God doesn't go off and leave us. He enters into our trouble and he saves us. The God of the universe enters into your troubled life, into your messy life, and, and is there knocking at the door of your heart to say, hey, let me come in. Let me eat with you. Let me help you. Let, let me serve you. This is part of the wonder of Christmas that started at the birth that occurred in Bethlehem and ended on the cross on Calvary. Jesus loved us so much that he chose to come close in the middle of our mess. Mike Iaconelli in his book Messy Spirituality talks at length about Jesus' desire to get close to messy people like you and me. Jesus actually became present in our mess. He, he, as he walked the roads of life, we're seeing that in Mark. If, for those of you who are still studying through Mark or who have, who have studied the book of Mark, you're seeing that Jesus, Jesus didn't keep leprous people at, at, at a distance. He touched them. Jesus entered into their lives. And Jesus invites us to call him to come close to us. Iaconelli says this, Jesus wants people just like you and me to get close to him. Jesus loves people just like you who live in a city with a wife or a husband, three kids, a cat, a dog, and a washing machine that has stopped working. Jesus loves people who are single, work 60 to 70 hours a week, and have parents who wonder why they're not married, and have friends who make much more money than they do. Jesus loves people who are divorced, still trying to heal from the scars of rejection, trying to cope with the single parenting of children who don't understand why this happened to them. Jesus wants all of us who do not necessarily live life in a monastery, who don't have it all together and probably never will, to feel welcome in his presence. He welcomes you in the midst of your messy life, not to leave you the same, mind you, not to leave you the same, mind you, but it is part of the wonder of Christmas to realize that Jesus is not afraid to be in the midst of your mess. The more I think about the mess that our lives are, the more I think that it, 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 it really is up to us to swallow whatever pride we've been holding on to and, and give up the mess. Admit that we're a mess. Admit that we're not perfect and that we need a savior. Admit that we can't overcome this thing. Jesus, come help. To, to cry out to him to enter into our mess when he took that first step and he came here first. He entered into our mess. You see, Jesus is not repelled by your lives. He knows. He knows what kind of mess your life is right now. And he's not repelled by that. 
even though that may feel, make you feel inadequate at this time of year? Wonder in the midst of a mess. Worship in the midst of a mess. The creator of the universe has come to seek and save the lost. So we wonder and we worship. Which brings us to our next point here. Something else that has drawn my wonder this week in addition to Jesus' birth, and I'd never thought about it until I came across a, a daily reading that I'm reading with a couple guys. And it's, you know, because birth in and of itself, it's, it's a natural thing, right? Um, though, though, though it's miraculous... <laughs> It, it is a natural thing. And, and even, a 13, if, even a 13-year-old can deliver a baby. Another aspect of the beginning of our Emmanuel, God with us, God in human flesh, is how we got into the flesh to begin with. And, and it's number two in our notes this morning is wonder in the conception of Jesus. Now, at the risk of putting some parents in a conversation before they're ready to have it, what about the conception of Jesus? What about it? Without conception, there's no birth. What about that? I mean, we all know how conception works, right? I don't need to go into that. Mary is told that she will give birth to one who will save the world from their sins. The angel says, but how, she asks. I'm not, she's betrothed, not married. She is a virgin. Impossible. Impossible. In other words, Mary's like, in my current state right now, that, that's, that's impossible. It, it, turn, turn to Luke chapter 1, if you would. Luke chapter 1. And you can just kind of keep your hand in Luke as I continue through the message, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 31. I mean, so first of all, another, another thing to be in awe of, an angel, an, the angel Gabriel, no less, appears before Mary. And she's sore afraid. Sore? I mean, have you ever entertained an angel and known it was an angel? I mean, that would freak me out. That's not normal. That's, that's not an everyday life experience to have an angel appear before you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. 
And Mary then says, how will this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel answers, okay, so right there, you know, Joseph's like, he seeks to divorce her quietly because betrothal is, though it's not actual marriage, it's, it's, a, it's the commitment. Um, so, so when he hears that she's pregnant, he's like, well, you know, got to preserve the purity, the, you know, who knows who the father is. That's what he's thinking. Mary, Mary is being confronted by an angel. You would think that she, she would admit to an angel, a, a higher being, the truth. That's what I read into that. She, she says, just stating a fact. How is this going to happen since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the, Holy, of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Most High. Hi, this is going, you are going to conceive via the Holy Spirit, a member of the, of our triune God is going to plant the son of God in your womb. The one who was present when all was created, the one who is God is going to be placed inside of you and you will conceive And he is to be called the Son of God. Mary, you will have a child that will change the universe. That causes me to wonder. That causes me to be in awe of my God. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow, so much history in those few verses right there. I mean, Paul in Philippians 2, 5 through 8 takes us from Jesus' conception and birth to, to, to his death and resurrection. You see, God always does what needs to be done. Always. And, and he's never late. He's always right on time. God is never late. When the time was right, And Jesus, who had, had all the power, he's God, didn't abuse that power, didn't lord it over us. He served us. And, and many of us in this room and who are listening online, we have been given some power in our life, whether that's over our children, whether that's over a business, whether that's over a, a, a board of leadership, or in, in some way, shape, or form, we have all been given power. What are we doing with that power? Are we wielding that power because we have the name or I have the letters in front of my, na- in front of my name? Or are we using that power that we have to serve others? Because that's what Jesus did. God always does what needs to be done. God can do and has done the impossible. 
the supernatural. He created all things out of nothing. I saw a cartoon the other day. It was two snowmen. And uh, one, one snowman says to the other snowman, I wonder who made us. And the other one says, we didn't. Nobody made us. We just came together out of all the snowflakes falling from the sky. I mean, that's kind of how I think of evolution. What you think? Seriously. I mean, I, I honestly think it would take an enormous amount of faith to believe that, that all of life on the planet that we live in right now evolved from a single-cell organism. Right. Yeah. To start with, let's just start there. So who created that? The elements in space. Oh, yeah. See, there was this just this, this big explosion. And all this stuff came together. How many explosions in libraries have we seen that created encyclopedias? You know, all those pages and words just came together. Think, think about some of the simplest of organisms, let alone the human body. The human, the human body. There's a word that I really want to say right now, but I'm not going to say it. The human body. All of our systems and cells and skin and vessels and brain connections and heart connections and it just all works and it and it all how did that all start it started at conception and god created this unbelievable process wonder wonder and in our life that's messy god enters in and he doggedly pursues us in the face of all that we are facing and experiencing and choosing with love bigger than whatever mess you can find yourself or put yourself or manage to poorly decide to get yourself in. The psalmist talks about God pursuing us no matter how much mess we may be living in and experiencing in our messed up lives, Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, you're, if you're here this morning and you've put your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe that he is God, that he is the Messiah, you didn't do that on your own. No, see, God reached into this, into this life. He pursued you. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing your neighbor who hasn't trusted Jesus yet. He's pursuing your boss. That, that, that verse reminds us that no matter how much of a mess our life may be in today, there is still a great wonder to behold this Christmas. Because the God we're celebrating who was born in a manger as our Savior is the one who came from heaven to earth to show us a new life. To lead us into that new life. He is the God who continues pursuing us in the middle of this mess that we're in with his goodness and his mercy. It is what Jesus described about the good shepherd. The, the good shepherd, he, he goes after the one lost sheep. 
He does what he can to find the one lost sheep who got separated from the rest of the flock by wandering off. Jesus asks the question found in Matthew 18, 12 through 13, when he says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Think about that. To me, that, that says, let's see, I'm, I'm 55 years old. I came to Christ when I was six. So for 49 years, I have served the Lord. I have been a Christ follower. For 49 years, that's, I mean, I'm still, I'm still in the church. I, I'm still learning and growing, absolutely. But for 49 years, and, and this, this is saying, what Jesus is saying here is, don't you think God would be happier when he finds somebody that's out there who surrenders their life than he is about you and all of the 49 years you've spent in the church? Well, I mean, ouch. Right? Look, none of us are, it, some of you maybe have been in the church for 70 years. I, I don't know if we have somebody in this room that's that old, maybe probably listening. I'm sure you all are under 65 at the oldest. Um, see, we don't, we don't get Bucky Beaver badges for being in church for some length of time. You know, we're, the, the playing field is even period. And God is gracious to who he wants to be gracious to. He gives gifts to who he wants to give them to, when he wants to give them, and how much he wants to give, he does. And, and as we talked about last week, we need to be grateful and thank you for those things that he gives us. And, and if he gave you salvation 49 years ago, praise God, because you've been living your life with him, and, and he's been helping you, and you've been struggling. You know, sometimes we drive in the ditch, and he hooks onto us with a big tow rope, and he pulls us back up on the road. And there are others who, who, who may come to Christ the day before they take their last breath, and heaven is celebrating in that. If he finds the sheep that wandered off, I tell you, he's happier about that sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. The good shepherd Jesus was talking about pursuing the one sheep that was in a mess because it had wandered off, and he was pursuing that sheep with all of his goodness and all of his grace and mercy and, and his heart and mind. And this Christmas, we just need to slow down, and we need to wonder We need to slow down enough in our wanderings to let his goodness and his mercy catch up to us. I mean, look, you, this just came to my mind. You might be running the rat race. I mean, you're full on sprinting the rat race. Man, you done left Jesus in the dust back there. You need to stop and slow down and let him catch up. You need to maybe walk back a few steps to meet him. We can't, we can't go at it alone. And when we slow down, we need to wonder. 
And this week, I want you to wonder about our Savior's birth. I want you to wonder about our Savior's conception. Miraculous, supernatural, never been seen before and never will be seen again. Wonder, and and may that lead us to wonder about our Savior's sacrifice and forgiveness. In Galatians 4, 4 and 5, Paul says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. If we put, if we choose to put our messy lives into his holy hands, We can have confidence based on all that's been written about Jesus that he specializes in dealing with the mess that you're in right now. He knows. He he understands our weakness because he lived here. He walked the earth. He got dirt on his toes. Jesus was sweaty. He was hungry. He knows. He experienced everything. Yet he did not sin, and that's what saves us. Perhaps this Christmas, you just need a fresh start with Jesus. Maybe today is that day. Maybe today is is when you, you bring yourself to a place, once again, of wonder and amazement and fear of this holy God who created everything from nothing, who came to this earth to save you. Maybe you need to go back to where it it began and remember that that innocence in the form of a baby stepped into a mess to save us from the mess of our lives in this world. And in case you missed it earlier, let's read that part about the messy shepherds being invited into that messy little manger again. Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 19 reminds us of this truth concerning the shepherds. So they hurried off and found... Look. (coughs) They couldn't miss miss the announcement. That email didn't go into the junk folder. They're out there in the dark, probably sleeping. I don't know, maybe... I always envision not a full moon, you know, because not that that would have mattered if a host of angels appears before you on the side of a hill. Okay, that happened to them. And, and one of the angels gives them a message. And what do they do? Kind of poke each other and say, oh, that was cool. Yeah, I might get up. Maybe I'll go see him in the morning. No, it says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just like they had been told. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. First of all, why are the shepherds bringing us this message? Why didn't this come to the priests and the the Levites and the Pharisees and the religious leaders? They're the ones. And, well, we know because 
you know, Jesus was talking, they're the 99. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What must have been going through her mind? <laughs> really, I mean, for nine months she carries a child that she conceived how? Right? Uh, she's told that a, a barren relative of hers is also with child, and that child is going to be the one who's going to prepare everybody for the coming of her child, who is the Messiah. This is all like fantasy to us. You, you see this in movies, right? And, and we can easily be drawn there, but no, this, this is reality. This is historical. This happened. <laughs> I mean, what was she pondering? I mean, maybe, maybe it was just a blur. <laughs> the last nine months have just been an absolute blur. I'm not sure how long it takes to get used to the fact that you're carrying a child that you didn't physically conceive. What's he going to look like? What's it going to be like raising this child? What, and what, what, kind of, what kind of power is there in, in this child? And here, here we got these shepherds and you know, look, if Jesus had told the Pharisees or the, or the religious leaders to go visit, do you think they would have been comfortable going, going to a barn? Wait, wait, what? This is, the, this is God? This can't be Jesus. He wouldn't have been born here. The shepherds, they just blended in with their surroundings, right? Nobody noticed the smell of the shepherds in the barn. What an unbelievable, unique, and holy mess in the stable that day, or the cave, or whatever it was. What a delivery. What a special delivery. Mary delivered the Savior of the world, who would then, in turn, deliver her and us. That song, Mary, Did You Know?, she knew some, but, but like all of us, she had absolutely no clue of how amazing and what an amazing part of the salvation story she was given the privilege to have. Jesus would rescue us from the mess that we made of things. Mary had a special delivery of the Son of God who would grow up to make way for a special delivery from the sin of the world that separates us from God. And the eternal mess of humanity was headed toward, and the eternal mess that all of humanity was headed toward before his arrival. In time, Jesus would grow into a mature man, teach his disciples how to pray. And at the end of that prayer, that's Known as the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prays this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from evil. Jesus is helping us to know how to pray when we try to navigate the mess that is around our lives. Deliver us from our mess, Lord Jesus. Deliver us from our mess. Thank you for coming in an amazing and supernatural way. That deliverance is what the special delivery of the Messiah in the manger would lead to in time. And this season that we're entering into, this wonder of Christmas, is about the special delivery that would one day lead to our special delivery. When we take that last breath in life, And we're ushered into eternity, whatever that looks like, where we will live forever with our Creator and our Savior. Maybe maybe you need to call on Jesus Christ today for the first time. Maybe maybe the Word of God had... Look, this is a story we tell every year. Every year. Every year. We should know all of these details by heart, right? And maybe you do. And maybe, and maybe because of that, you've lost some of the wonder of the power and, and the mystery and this, the supernatural part of these events. May, not, may that not be the case this year. Maybe we all, may we all take time to slow down, to, to put our phones aside, to turn the TV off and just wonder. Maybe try to put yourself in Mary's shoes or one of, the, one of the shepherd's shoes as you walk up to this barn for the first time and wonder what you're going to see. And as you ponder down and you look at this, this baby, I mean, he's not even a week old or two weeks old. Jesus the Savior who meets us in our mess because he was born, because he was conceived, because he was born. He came to get messy, and he did. If you need to experience the wonder of Christmas, today is a perfect time to ask Jesus to meet you in your mess and to help give you a clean heart and a fresh start. And on this first day of Advent, I just want to say, Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord Jesus, help us. Our life is a mess. We need you. You came... You taught, and we have your word here, and then, you, and then you surrendered yourself to death on a cross. And then you conquered that death. You bore that pain. You bore that sin on our behalf. And Father, as, as was prophesied long before it happened, you came to save us. You came to show us the way, and you did just that. We just need to hear and listen and be obedient. Help us. Help us in our unbelief. Help us in our disobedience. 
she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Thank you, Jesus. You have done just that. You are alive today. So today, as we enter the Christmas season, this first Sunday of Advent, we bow down in wonder before your mystery. You took on flesh. We bow down today in gratefulness for your redeeming work in our lives. We, we need your help to believe. Help us to worship and celebrate. Help us to wonder. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.